Welcome to Recovery Guy Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Recovery is a lifelong process. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and this is Thursday, and this is the checkup. So glad that you decided to uh, join us today. You may be listening to this on uh, Friday on your way home. You may be listening to this on Saturday morning over a nice cup of coffee. I'm not sure of when you're listening. I just know that I'm glad that you do. Thank you so much for uh, giving us such great uh, response and in the uh, uh, comments that you make and the shares and and letting us know that we're on target to helping others in the recovery community uh, become well, because that's what this whole thing is about. As, as I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you told me when I came into this thing back in 1986, that if I was willing to do all the things that you said I needed to do that I may be happy and I may not be happy, that I might get a little bit better, but don't really count on it because there's a ceiling, there's a limit, I'd have gone the other way Um, because I came from that. What I needed, I needed to know that I could get well. I needed to know that I could recover. I needed to know that the madness was not only going to stop, but it was going to be replaced by a new way of thinking with a gratitude list that allows me to have the things I always wanted but got so lost in my addiction, I forgot the path and I got off the path. I was saying one thing that I wanted this, that, and the other, but my path of destruction was so contrary to that that my life made no sense whatsoever. I was a a walking contradiction is what I was. And at the end of the day, if something didn't change, I was going to die. I needed to do a checkup. And that's why this is called the checkup, because one of the things that I know that not only did I need to do a checkup on that day that was the most honest checkup I had ever done that got me to recovery. But ever since I've been in recovery, I have learned how to do a checkup. And based on that, I have um, grown to be this person who is even beyond what I had ever hoped I was going to be. So I hope that you, as a person of recovery, regardless of what you're trying to recover from, I hope that you are involved in some type of program or design for living where a regular checkup would be advised. Um, You've never seen a business that would continue to stay in business and be productive without a checkup, without an inventory. And that's essentially uh, what a checkup is. But what I really want to talk to you about today, and then we'll actually get back into the whole checkup and introspection and 
an inventory uh, conversation, but it's about accountability. Being accountable is so instrumental and foundational to wellness that I could never overemphasize its importance. So what does it mean? What does accountable mean? Well, according to dictionary.com, accountable is subject to the obligation to report, explain, or justify something. Responsible, answerable. Whoa. Those are some pretty challenging things. You know, so many of the people that I know in all the various forms of recovery and wellness that they're involved with, we don't like to be obligated. We don't like to report to people. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And we really don't want anyone to get in our way. So the the idea of trying to explain to someone really wasn't, uh, you know, what I did. Now, obviously, I tried to justify things, um, but it was always with irrational, supported by irrational behavior, right? But I was never responsible, and I wasn't answerable to anyone. That's why my life ended up alone. You know, I wasn't going to be answerable to my wife anymore or my children, so I left them. My family, they are pretty obvious I was not going to be answerable to them, so they left me. Um, Same thing with employers. You know, I never met an employer that I didn't think I could leave, and and a lot of them found out it it was better to ask me to leave. Because I wasn't answerable. I wasn't um, responsible. I wasn't, I didn't feel that I had an obligation to report. You know, now I would only when it served my best interest so I could get over one more time and get what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted it. But I wasn't accountable to anyone. And one of the things that I had learned early on in recovery is I have to be accountable. You know, if, if I think I can do this by myself, do I still need to be accountable? Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. But my isolation, you know, dictates that being isolated is not a good thing for me. And if I'm not isolated, then I need to be accountable because I need to learn to take someone else's view of what I'm doing and who I'm becoming or who I am and then become answerable to them. A number of years ago, this was back in the Probably the late 90s, 98, 99, something like that. I, I had an opportunity to uh, go to another state. The, the job I was working at in California, the job I loved, and it was a great position. However, my uh, uh, 
my boss was addicted and there was a lot of things uh, going on. And so this other company out of Michigan recruited me. And there was a hard decision. Um, One that um, Laura was not in favor of. Um, And I appreciated her wisdom, but it was very difficult for me as the uh, sole provider of the home. Uh, Laura, at the time, she wasn't this professional giant and machine that she is today. She was a powerful stay-at-home mom who relied on me to take care of the income so she would build our home. And I'm forever grateful for her and what she did for our life and our children and our family. So I go back there and I, and I see my life in California falling apart. And there's this great offer on the table in Michigan. Now to make a long story short, I had a a confidant in my life. He was the pastor uh, of my church in California, Glenn Moffat, God rest his soul, a giant of a man and a dear friend. And he was always so helpful to me. And, uh, he was my mentor, and so we talked about things, and And one of the things he said to me when we were going to discuss the opportunity of staying or going, and he looked at me and said, um, you know, is this lunch we're going to have together, is this about you staying, or is this about you leaving? And And I said, well, why does that matter? And he said, well, if it's about you leaving, then let's just have lunch. If, if it's about you staying, let's have a conversation. And essentially what he was asking me was, are you accountable? Because I have some things to share with you that I want to make sure that you're responsible enough to understand and to weigh them. And and thank goodness I was accountable because I, I didn't make the decision to leave. I made the decision to stay. And it was a great decision. Some things occurred shortly thereafter that I could not have seen. And staying wouldn't have been bad or leaving wouldn't have been bad, but staying was best. There was another time where we were on the golf course together and he came up to me and he tapped me on the shoulder and, and said, uh, are you teachable? I thought, well, you know, that's an unusual question, you know, as I'm standing in the tee box ready to drive my ball. Are you teachable? In other words, are you accountable? He was going to share some things with me that may have been uncomfortable. And he just wanted to make sure that that I was answerable, that I would listen. And I'm so glad that I learned how to be accountable. You know, early on in recovery, my sponsor, Jack, and, and Max, and Will, and Eddie, and Buddy, and Steve, and Scott, and the giants of my recovery who are still clean and sober today. They would want me to be accountable. You know, they would say, you know what, if, if, if you're not going to uh, take the advice we're giving you, 
then we just don't really care about giving you advice because they wanted to work with people and help people who would be willing to be accountable. And I'm so glad that I became accountable because it seemed the option for me was pretty ugly because one thing I wasn't out there when I was ripping and running, I was never accountable. If you tried to make me accountable, I just neutralized you or got out of your life or you got me out of your life as quick as possible because I couldn't allow anything to get in the way of my addiction because it became my sole source of surviving. It would ultimately try to kill me. So I wasn't accountable to anyone who would, um, who would um, jeopardize the supply or curtail my behavior. But here's one of the things that once I became accountable, I needed to do, and it's what they told me to do in the course of my steps. Now, again, you don't have to be a 12-step person, but I hope you're involved in some program of recovery um, that involves a process, steps to get from one place to another. You know, every, I can't draw a horse. I'm not artistic at all. However, if you get me one of those dot-to-dot pictures, I can connect the dots and follow the pattern and then color it in and make it look like I know how to draw a horse. And isn't that what recovery is? We, we see this, this page and these dots and these things that we need to cover. And if you notice on a dot-to-dot picture, the dots are always numbered. That way I know what dot to go to next. And the same way with recovery. A plan of recovery, a plan of wellness, to become accountable in that, to take those steps, not only to take steps 1 through 12, but to take them in the order that they are assigned because I'm now accountable to this plan of recovery. And I'm accountable to the person or persons who are guiding me through it. I can't go off on my own. I went off on my own, and it's what got me to the rooms of recovery in the first place. So if you're not accountable, if you're not subject to the obligation to report, if you're not accountable to explain or justify something, if you're not accountable to be responsible, if you're not accountable to be answerable to someone or something, then you need to get there. Because I I will tell you there's very few absolutes that I have. I'm very dogmatic about God could and what if he were sought. I'm very dogmatic on a program of recovery. There's certain things I'm very dogmatic on. And I'm dogmatic on this, that if you don't become accountable to a person who can help you or a plan of recovery that will guide you, you will either relapse or you will never reach your desirable level of happiness and serenity and peace 
that you could have if you were willing to set aside your pride long enough to become accountable to something or to someone. So I need to do that checkup. And it's an examination or a close scrutiny as for verification, accuracy, and it even says comparison. I need to compare how I was with how I am. And I need to examine every day under close scrutiny to verify that I am accountable. I'm accountable in so many areas of my life. Are you accountable? Can you honestly say that you're willing to humble yourself, whether you agree or don't agree, humble yourself to a power that's greater than yourself and individuals who likely know more than you? And, and, and again, I have no overall beef with social media. It's provided me some unbelievable relationships with some pretty remarkable people. And if I name you, I'll miss someone, and it might make you feel bad, and that would make me feel bad. But you know who you are. You know my social media contacts and my friends who have touched my life as you have allowed me to make a difference in your life. And, and I'm so grateful for that. But what I don't see, I don't see the accountability in social media because of how easy it is to block me or unfriend me or unfollow me. And, and, I, and if you do those things, I hope it's not because you disagree with my message. Because if there is a disagreement you have with me, I need you to let me know what that disagreement is so I can investigate it even further to either adjust that viewpoint um, or help you more fully understand why I have it. But I will be accountable to you and at least examine what you say because contempt prior to investigation, as Bill Wilson says, contempt prior to investigation will lead to um, uh, an everlasting ignorance. It is a it is a a bar to all information and will lead to everlasting ignorance. So I will never discount what you say until I investigate it. And if it turns out that I'm inaccurate, that I'm wrong, according to my my tenth step, where I've continued to take personal inventory, and when I'm wrong, I promptly admit it. I will admit it. I will gladly admit it because it will just help me become a better person of recovery. So be accountable. That's so important. Do the checkup that examines and has that close scrutiny to verify that you are accountable. Here are the four dimensions where I need to look at to see if I'm accountable to me. You know, even in the fifth step that we take, we are accountable. We come out of the fourth step, which we've taken that fearless and moral inventory, and then we admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. That's being accountable in a more dynamic way because now we've got this story, this history of what got us to these rooms 
to this place of seeking recovery. And that is being accountable. I mean, again, why would you do it, right? Because then we have to humbly, in 6 and 7, we look to God to remove these defects of character and to, to, to remove our shortcomings. That's being accountable. We have four dimensions. We have the mental, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual. We need to learn to be in alignment in those four areas, which means I need to be accountable to me, to God, and to at least one other person for those areas. So what is my, what is my mental condition like? How am I approaching things logically? And am I viewing things through a pair of glasses that makes sense? And then I need to see where I'm at emotionally. I can't allow my emotion to rule the intellect, the mental. One of the great things, if you've never Listen to Father Martin's Chalk Talk. It's, it's on my website, recoveryguy.org. Uh, what an unbelievable orator on wellness and recovery. Very cool formula that uh, Father Martin laid out. It was regarding uh, um, how we operate I over E. We operate intellect over emotion. When we add alcohol, drugs, compulsive overeating, gambling, any of the other behaviors or substances, or if we are in recovery, um, some person, place, thing, or situation to get us sideways, to interrupt that I over E, it actually reverses the formula and gets us operating E over I, intellect over, uh, excuse me, emotion over intellect. So we go from I over E to adding some emotional dynamic or we're using again, it flips that formula. Now we're operating E over I. You know, in other words, I I know what the right thing to do is, but this is how I feel, right? Which goes back to even a form of insanity that hopefully we are restored to sanity. So we look at the mental and the emotional We do a checkup. We become accountable. We throw our thoughts and our ideas and how we're responding to someone. Remember, it's not what they say, and it's not what they do. It's how we react. Then we look at the physical, because I could have all these other things, but if I don't take care of my physical body and what I put in and how I put out in terms of exercise and taking care of myself, then my quality of life is going to be reduced and minimized, and in some cases taken away. So I need to make sure that I'm accountable to those those aspects of being physical and being healthy. Then, of course, there's the spiritual realm, that fourth dimension that we are rocketed into according to the plan of recovery I follow. I need to make sure that I am right with God as I understand God. I need to make sure that I'm following his path. You know, what we're given is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual conditioning, right? 
And then I need to find out what God's will is for me and go carry that out. God is my sobriety. We stood at the turning point. We asked his care and protection with complete abandon. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own life. And again, change this however you want, but don't change the message. Change who the message is directed to. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our our condition, right? And see that God could and what if he were sought. There is a power greater than us that we need to identify, incorporate in our life, study under and be led by. So we are in alignment. I'm thinking right. I'm feeling right on an emotional level. I'm processing things balanced. Physically, I'm feeling good, I'm getting rest, I'm hydrating, I'm eating good, I'm exercising, and I'm in tune with this power greater than myself, and I'm accountable to all these dimensions, and I'm accountable to the plan that walks me through their process, and I'm accountable to the people in my life. I'm accountable to God and me. We got to be right. I need to be tight with the creator of all things as I understand him. And as a born-again Christian and, and who follows the concepts of Christ, it's very direct in what I do. And, I'm, and I hope in your plan of recovery, in your spiritual growth, I, I hope you do the same thing. I hope whatever power that you've adhered yourself to from the inside out, I hope there's a degree of accountability, that you are answerable to that power, that God. And there's some guidelines and some precepts and some tenets that you walk by and live by. And when you don't, you do that checkup so you can then become accountable to them. Then there's the family and me. Laura and I have been together over 31 years. You better believe I'm accountable to her, that I'm ready to give an answer to her, that I'm responsible to my relationship with her, that I have an obligation to report to her not because of who she is, but who I've asked her to be in my life. I've asked her to be my partner, to be my wife, to be that person who goes alongside me to make me a better person. Why wouldn't I be accountable to her? Then, of course, my children. I need to be accountable to my children and the different relationships I have with my five children and, and my grandchildren. I'm accountable to them. Then there's my friends and the relationships I have with them along the way and how important those friendships are and how they help define me as I help my friends define themselves and to grow. And then there's my work and the other things that I do at Recovery Guy. I'm accountable to you, the listener. Whether you listen on any one of the major podcast channels or whether you listen and look at things uh, on Facebook under Becoming Well Now, or, or you, you go to recoveryguy.org and see the videos, I'm accountable to you. I want to be answerable to you. I want to be responsible to make sure that however you respond, I'm available to you. I have an obligation to report my recovery to you because I would hope that you would Look at a person, and let me tell you why I always let you know that I have been clean and sober 
the amount of time that I've been clean and sober. Again, over 33 and a half years. And that translates to 12,260 days. 12,260 days. I tell you that for two reasons. Number one, I want you to know that you can do this too. For most of us, the difference between you and me is I got to the rooms of recovery in 1986 and you got to them later than me. But I want you to know that you can have even more than what I have. Many of you can because I didn't become involved in recovery until I was 32. Many of the people I work with and interact with today, you've been doing this since you were 20, 21, 22. You've got 10 years on me. Congratulations. But I'm accountable to you, and I'm accountable to my recovery, my sobriety, that if you see something where I'm not reacting or acting as that person of recovery, I want you to let me know so I can apologize and make it right because I am accountable. I am accountable anytime, anywhere, anyone reaches out their hand. I want the hand of AA to be there. And for that, I am responsible, which is part of my accountability. Hey, I am so glad that you joined me today. I have enjoyed the checkup so much because it, it just sort of reinforces in me what I do. One of the things I want you to know, everything that I talk on and teach on at Recovery Guy Podcast and Recovery Guy.org, these are things that I've learned along the way that I'm doing to the best of my ability on a daily basis. And I share them with you because I want you to have what I have. I want you to have the restored relationship with your children. I want you to be a well-respected member of your church or synagogue or parish um, or, or wherever you worship, whatever temple you go to. I want you to be a respected person there. I want you to be well-regarded at work. I want you to be loved in your family. I want you to have a marriage that will last over 30 years with vibrancy and energy and excitement like Laura and I have. I want all these things for you. And I hope you follow the path that I have been taught that thousands and millions of others have walked or you find a path that works that can still give you the same things but on a different road. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening. Go to Recovery Guy Podcast. Go to recoveryguide.org. Join the movement of recovery. My name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy. I was trying to.